0: The supernatural is something that isn't supposed to be.
1: edition of Spooky South Coast. Tim we're here with you, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, who can't be so silent tonight. I know, right? Because it's just you and I. Moniz said he was going to be here. What a bum. Then decided not to come in. Texted him yesterday. said, hey, <laughs> yeah. just so you know, show's on earlier. It's not a problem if you can't make it. there said, said he would be here.
2: That was your fault right there.
1: I know, I gave him the out never should have well you know it's hot we don't get paid for this so i can't make anybody come in yeah. just one person has to be here you know the 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 rule used to be well as long as i'm here we can do a show but i don't even it doesn't even matter if that's the case anymore you know what i mean you can handle the show on your own monies it can't be just monies <laughs> because we haven't taught him how to do this stuff yet but you can handle this stuff i kind of can handle this stuff and by this stuff i mean you know the production and the behind the Behind the board stuff, spooky TV, broadcasting eleven. Well, Why are you going to put it just on me for the entire show? Make me feel uncomfortable. I don't, I
2: don't know where else to put it. That's what she said.
1: Just, uh, just put it. I don't know. Just anywhere else, but besides on me all the time, it makes me self-conscious. I can't pick my nose if the webcam's on all the time. Yes, you can. That's true. Well, we are here to talk about the paranormal, as we do each and every Saturday night. If you are new to the program, we are normally on Saturday nights from ten to midnight, and uh, tonight. We have the chance to come on early because the Bruins will be on uh, the 8:30 pregame show, nine o'clock puck yep. drops. So, because the Bruins are on in our time slot, we decided we'd come on in what's normally the Bruins' time slot, the prime time it's show weird, here. Weird to be here during the day. It is, especially now that the sun stays out later. There's no parking? The hell! I know. I saw that when when you uh, when I saw your truck pull up, I was like, "Where is he going to park?" There's like nowhere terrible. open. It's terrible. And you had to park I, over. I there. never thought this plaza was
2: so uh, was so popular.
1: Oh, it is. Oh, it's bumping. <laughs> So uh we decided tonight because you know we had things planned, but the time changed. You know, it's my fault for not keeping up with the uh, Bruins schedule. Things kind of got changed around a little bit. So I wanted to bring up a few topics uh, over the course of the evening. Now, if you follow me on Facebook and on my personal page, because I haven't done it yet on my public page, I got to figure out a better way of doing this to make it open to everybody. Instead of so you don't have to follow me on Facebook, right. you don't have to like me, you know, personally, you don't have to friend request me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, But what we've been doing is I've been putting up these paranormal debates each and every day, and I come up with a new question or a question gets suggested by some of my Facebook friends, and we put it up there, and we kick it back and forth throughout the course of the day. And the good thing about it is it's been very respectable. There's been no... Real arguments, and whenever somebody's brought brought up a different viewpoint, there's been a lot of back and forth on it. So I thought maybe we could take that to the airwaves because there's a lot of people listening tonight who normally wouldn't be listening live. You know, they haven't gone out for the night yet. They figure that this is a good time to to come on uh, to the WBSM stream, WBSM.com or SpookySouthCoast.com, where you can see the cameras and join in the chat. So they're thinking, hey. I've got some time. I'm going to join in on Spooky South Coast Live. And you can call in. We can hear from you. The phone numbers are right on the front page of SpookySouthCoast.com. But if you need them, they are 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. And I really would like feedback from everyone out there on some of these topics because, again, we thought Moniz was coming in. We thought it was going to be a a three-way discussion. But instead, it's just going to be you and I, which is fine because we don't always agree on things. You know, I, I kind of tend to believe a lot of things, and you tend to be very skeptical by nature. And sometimes you think of the angles that I would never think of, and hopefully, vice versa. You know, hopefully we complete. Hopefully we complete right, each other. Right. <laughs> Wonder twins actually. Yes, yeah, so you had me at hello. So I figured if we kick some of these back and forth, maybe we could actually. um Get somewhere with the discussion and, and generate some calls. And that would be fantastic if all of those of you out there listening could join in. If you are new to the show and you uh, are unfamiliar with what we talk about, you know, we talk about the, the strange and the unusual ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot conspiracy theories, all those things are on the table. And if you have anything that you would like to share, any questions you may have, any experiences you would like to share, even though we'll be talking about some of these topics, you can feel free to call in with whatever is on your mind, paranormally speaking. Again, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. You can also tweet us as well, at SC. So uh, coming up a little bit later on in the show, we'll do the Week in Weird, which is where we share some of the weird news stories of the week, and we give kind of our own interpretations of those stories. Uh, We can also talk about the upcoming Legend Trips event. Now, we have one coming up April 12th at the Mark Twain House in Connecticut, but that has sold out. Uh, We are currently selling the... Um, in Wichenden, Massachusetts, the Murdoch-Whitney House. And we still have some tickets available for that one, but they are going fast. I'm hoping to have a hotel deal secured by the end of this week. It's kind of hard because there's not a lot of hotels in the Witchenden Mass. area. No, I'm not even sure where that is, to be honest. With you. Remember when we went to Gardner for the Haunted Victorian Mansion? Yes. It's like another half an hour north of Gardner. Oh, really? So I'm trying to find hotels, but I'm getting uh, Keene, New Hampshire. Yep. I'm getting Fitchburg, Lemmonster. You know, These seem to be where the hotels are. So it's still going to be a 25, 30-minute drive from the hotel to the Murdoch Whitney House. Right, but right. at least this way here, we can have accommodations somewhat close. Because a lot of our legend trippers come from all over New England. Some from even out of New England. Yeah, right. We have somebody coming from Wisconsin for this event. Really? Yeah, so she, I'm sure she's going to want to find a room somewhere at a pretty good deal. So we're going to do our best to do that. But there are tickets available if you go to legendtrips.com or spookysouthcoast.com. And what we do with Legend Trips is we raise money for historic haunted places to help them maintain the properties and help them uh, keep up with the renovations and keeping them open to the public. And we just use the ghosts and the paranormal as a way to – increase the tourism for those places and at the Murdoch waiting house there's the legend of an old woman who haunts the upper floors and who will not allow people to enter one of the bedrooms They, they don't they're not sure who she is but it seems like she's not violent and not angry not malevolent in any way but she's very very protective so we want to find out who she is and why she's so protective of the property and hopefully we can do that yeah and uh plus, you know, it's it's always great to be in any place that's relatively virgin ground for investigation. I mean they've only opened it up for paranormal investigation over the last like year, year and a half. And yeah. this is gonna be the first event that they've had there. So That's good. That's we're, good. We're also working on a few uh, investigations for Terracon as well. Right. So that'll be happening June seventh and eighth in Providence at the Rhode Island yeah. Convention Center. One thing I like about Legend
2: trips is uh and when they uh like you were you were saying, we want to find out who this lady is. Mm-hmm. Um, we get all these groups, and we kind of get this uh, like it's kind of like a melting pot of different um, investigation um, like types. Yeah, the technique everybody's yeah. at their everybody, own technique. Everybody and their adds to each other, and, and it kind of adds to it. And I think we
1: we get um, better results that way. Absolutely. Yeah. And what's cool about it is, you know, you think that, and, and this is one of the things that we debate about on these debates that we'll be discussing tonight, a lot of groups get into their set mindset of how to investigate because they try something, it works, and they look for repeatability for that technique. Oh, yeah. So they stick with it. But now when you go to a Legend Trips event and you're working with somebody else, you might pick something up and say, wow, that sounds pretty interesting. i should say countless times
2: that I've, uh, I've done the Le-
1: Legend Trips, um,
2: there's been a number of times where people have not... Use dowsing rods, or not used um, a Ouija board, even. And it's since um, since legend trips, they've probably like picked that up yeah. and added it to their repertoire, which it, is really good.
1: And it's funny because personally, I can say, or so even
2: even they. They might discount it and say, that's junk. I'm not going to do it anymore.
1: Right. So, uh, personally, I've seen things that I never would have used. Like, I not, you know, we had dowsing rods when we first started doing these events because...
2: Right. I, didn't, I never knew how to use them, though. Well, we really. try to provide I, equipment. To find
1: water, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, even then. Yeah. We it's try to provide thusting. equipment for the uh, events, for people to use. Right. And what's what's the easiest, cheapest piece of equipment to go out and buy? Dowsing rods. Yeah. You know, you can get a pair of or a pendulum or something. Yeah, yeah. You, you can get a pendulum for like six bucks, a pair of dowsing rods for twelve bucks. Or you can make your own out of coat hangers. You know, so and it's a pendulum you can make out of a string and a rock. Right or whatever so or, or crystal whatever if you want
2: to be spiritual if you want to be <laughs>
1: fancy and uh, and and but so you know those are pretty rudimentary pieces of investigative equipment right, so it was easy to get those and easy to supply those when we were first starting out, but I really discounted the dowsing rods as an investigation tool, mm-hmm. and then I saw groups come and use them on the investigations and really get some astounding results out of them, so
2: yeah did you do um I think it's uh, Spectral Forces. Did they ever show you the uh, the red light trick with the dowsing rods? Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. They, I, I'm not actually sure how it works. They're, they're really good, like too. A, because is there a, a scientific I don't know.
1: reason behind it? I don't know. know. Yeah, We'd have, we have a, a scientist panel. here. Yeah, normally <laughs> there's a scientist on the panel, but right. he decided to take the night off. Uh, fried clams tonight? Is that what he was uh, having? Or? Probably. Or cheeseburgers. Probably cheeseburgers.
2: just Lent, so I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> That's the cool thing about it is you see these different techniques and these different approaches, and you see the results from them, and you say, "Oh my gosh!" Like I never would have used a Ouija board, mm-hmm. but then I did because I was like, "Hey, you know, you can pick one up for twenty bucks. You can go and get the Ouija yeah, game off the have shelf."
2: Legitimacy, really, or it didn't.
1: And so I was like, "Yeah, let's just try." It. And then stuff started coming out of it, and I was right. like, "All right, wait a minute." Like I know I'm not moving it. Yeah, I know that this person and this person are way too afraid to even be touching it. It's almost like it's almost like one of those uh, Ouija board, Ouija commercials. You're not moving it. Who's moving it? I'm not moving it. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a game, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> but uh, So we've had some pretty interesting experiences on these events. And uh, you can join us as well. Again, legendtrips.com. The tickets are for sale. Uh, you can get them right there. We will have some other events that we'll announce later in the year, but this one is already in July. So we're already getting halfway through the year uh, with the Murdoch-Whitney House investigation. So you don't want to wait too long. And trust me, trust me, once you come on one, you're going to want to come on all of them. We have... Such a high return rate. It's a great. It is amazing. It's a how family. Many
2: people keep going, keep coming back. I mean, not, not that it's not <laughs>
1: a great it's, event. It's totally because <laughs> of the location. So it's totally because <laughs> of the location. Yes. That's what we try. You know, you go to some of these other events, and I was talking about this. I was actually a guest on John Tobin's "Keeping the Spirits Alive" yep. uh, internet show, and we were talking about legend trips and legend tripping in general. And I said, you know, it, the thing about legend trips is we don't bring out the stars. You know. uh John's holding uh, Parahistory Con Two, uh, coming up the first weekend in May, in Lake George at Fort William McHenry, and oh, he's that... bringing in a lot of stars. You know, the, it, we'll have the opportunity to investigate the fort with Joe Chin, Darkness, Dave Schrader, Tim yep. Dennis, uh, Jane Riley. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else, John Tenney. You know, so many people, uh, Joshua Warren. I mean, the lineup is incredible for Parahistory Con Two, and they'll all be part of the investigation. But with Legend Trips, we kind of strip all that away. And sure, you know the Spooky Crew, Jeff Belanger, Andrew Lake, we're all there, but we are there just to be a helping hand in the investigation. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not leading the show, we're not trying to take anything away, and we bring the cool equipment that we have access to. Yeah, we're just a bunch of tools. Right, (laughs) exactly. We're tools for you, and uh, and the cool thing is that uh, the Xbox Kinect system is starting to get everybody. Uh, talking, You know, that that seems to be the piece of equipment that everybody wants to see uh, when they come to a Legend Trips event. And we will have that at the Murdoch Whitney House for you to check out on your own. So we'll talk about Legend Trips later on. We can talk about whatever else is on your mind. Again, 508-996-0500. 877-996-1420. Those are the numbers to call in and share with whatever is on your mind. Why don't we take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we'll dive right into these paranormal debate topics. Because, Matt Costa, you do not participate in the debates on Facebook. No, but I read them. But you you huh? hold back your opinions. Sure. So I'm going to pull them out of you here on All the right. air. And uh, and we'll talk about that. We'll even get a little bit deeper into some of these as well. Again, with your calls, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Back with more Spooky South Coast coming up in just a few minutes here on WPSM.
0: Don't look now, but Spooky South Coast is creeping up behind you right after this.
1: Eastern Time on Saturday nights, but we're on prime time because the Bruins are on. Pre-game starts at 8.30, puck drops at 9 o'clock. So I think we theoretically could go till 8.30 if we wanted to, but maybe a struggle just to get to 8 o'clock tonight, with just the two of us. I don't know. We'll We'll see. see. We might be able to do it. We'll see. Depends on how many phone calls we get. Right. And you can call in at 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Now, a debate that stirred a lot of controversy this week, got a lot of attention, was the one that I posted on March 19th, which uh, I believe was that Wednesday. And uh, what I asked was, to what extent should, quote-unquote, true paranormal investigators concern themselves with the action of those who are just in it for fame, the investigators that I call ASS teams, (laughs) A-S-S, which stands for acronym, shirts, shooting a pilot. I like this uh, acronym. It's starting to take off, which I wasn't expecting. But, uh, th- I mean, this is something we've, we've talked about. We used to call them the MySpace teams, mm-hmm. you know, back when MySpace was a thing. It was. And then we started calling them the Facebook teams. And, and now I've, I finally found a term that I think we can apply to these groups because what they do is they watch the television shows, they watch the ghost hunting programs, and they feel like that arms them with enough information and enough information um, of what to expect on a paranormal investigation that they can now form a team and go out and offer their services. I don't see anything wrong with somebody watching a television show and being inspired to go join the paranormal field. That's how a lot of people got involved with it. A lot of people got involved either by watching some of these ghost hunting shows that are on now, the quote-unquote reality programs, or a lot of them might have gotten involved because they watched shows like In Search Of or Sightings or even The X-Files. You know, they're watching these other programs uh, from the 70s and 80s that kind of inspired them to explore the world of the unknown. So TV probably played a part in a lot of us deciding to become investigators, whether it was just to get us interested in the subject matter or just because we realized, hey, there's people that actually go out and do this, and I can too. Now, part of what appeals to networks about reality TV paranormal investigation is they are able to take regular people, who work regular jobs, and put them into these situations. And that's because nobody makes money off investigating the paranormal. They all have to have another job. So it was interesting that Jason and Grant were plumbers, and they were also paranormal investigators. It was interesting that Ryan Buell was a college student and also a paranormal investigator. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that the guys from Ghost Adventures are filmmakers, but also paranormal investigators. So there's, there's another aspect to them, and because those regular aspects, uh, those regular person aspects to them are very blue-collar, very much like any of the rest of us, so therefore they actually have nothing more that makes them special than
2: we do. Right. It makes them kind of I- identifiable.
1: Except for the fact that they've been investigating the paranormal for a number of years before they ever... But it makes it seem like, uh,
2: like anybody can do it.
1: Right. And anybody can. They can, yes. Any, I, I firmly believe that anybody could be a paranormal investigator... If they are capable of the critical thinking that's involved with paranormal investigation, you know it's not—it's not, it's not overly demanding physical. Nope, that's physically. what I like. <laughs> Me too. It's uh, you know it's definitely odd hours, so you do have to be able to deal with that. Uh, but really, the most important thing is the ability to think critically, to not just take everything at face value, to be able to understand the complexities. Of so many different dynamics it's not just what constitutes the paranormal it's not just how do you work the equipment that you use to investigate the paranormal. you have to take a lot of things into uh, into play as well like if you are going to be going into people's homes and offering them help, then you need to understand how that family works. And you need to understand a bit of psychology, a bit of sociology. You need to know what kind of medications people are on and how it can affect their perception of the world and of reality. You know, there's all these little things that are, they don't make it to television. Right. They don't show the the, the intake on a paranormal investigation. When you sit down with the family and you ask them all the questions, they just show people showing up at the house and looking to help out. Yeah,
2: because, well, I mean, it's a TV show, so. right. It's not, I don't know. I, How, don't, I don't want to watch that. Right. That, How interesting would that.
1: that be? And also, you don't want to show that stuff either. Like the family that signs on, yeah, we don't care if you come and show uh, investigating our house, oh, yeah, but we exactly. don't want to sit there and tell everybody what medications we're on <laughs> right. and the history of mental illness in our family. So there's, you know, a lot of that doesn't make it to television. And so, therefore, there's these ass teams that feel like it doesn't need to be <laughs> part of what they do. Right. So what they do is they come up with a cool acronym. Yep. So they're the whatever you know the whatever ghost society whatever whatever spells out something that they can say. I' yeah. ah, can't taps. like really
2: make one up either to as as a a general uh, paranormal group either because it's probably taken.
1: Right. Yeah. There's right. so it, many of them that are taken right now. Yeah. Because everybody's trying to have you know there's there's taps of course is the one that was kind of the the granddaddy of them all for for the acronym uh, necessity and then you know from there it's there's so many variations on apps. Yeah. You know, there's something, paranormal society. Right. Uh, I, there was actually one that was called, uh, they tried to call themselves Creepy. Okay. But it spelled out Crepe. <laughs> <laughs> it was C R E P E. And I saw that and I was like, what's your name? And they're like, it's Creepy. I'm like, your name is Crepe. It's Crappy? Oh,
3: sorry.
1: <laughs> they probably wore that too. I but I mean, that to- just goes to show, like, you take the acronym the wrong way and you will be dubbed an ASS team. Uh, so then the other S, the first S stands for shirts. They all have to go out and get the matching T-shirts made. Of course, yes. Right. And we're not faulting people for that. No, because it's... I mean, you have to identify yourself, I suppose. Right. And, and any one of these aspects are fine unto themselves... You know, if you're, you could be a legitimate paranormal group that's been doing this forever, and you have matching shirts, and you've shot a pilot. You know, these things can happen, and I understand that. But I'm talking about the groups that are doing it just to get famous, and these three things are like the hallmarks of those groups. Right. Like every group that's in it just for fame, you can kind of count on the ass aspect of it. So the, the, they've got the shirts, they have got the matching shirts. Now, before anybody says anything, Spooky South Coast has matching shirts, but we try not to wear them together. First of all, we really hate when we all wear the same shirt. And second of all, those are shirts that promote a radio show. We are not a paranormal team. We never have been. We never will be. We are just entertainment entity. I got a thing for T-shirts anyway. Right. Who doesn't? Remember when we said that we were going to have all the paranormal groups send us in T-shirts and we would wear them on Spooky TV? Yeah. I, I don't 80. think I've ever received one. No. What the heck? What the heck? <laughs> so email us, Crew at com. We'll tell you our shirt sizes and where you can send them. And we will wear them on Spooky TV. But Because we can't feature like, groups. I feel
2: like all the, all the groups that we offended, they're going to send them to like, two sizes too small. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have to wear them because we said we... We always do what we say.
1: I'm getting shirts made by the way that say ass paranormal. Good. <laughs> We're already talking about that, so we got to talk to Vinny. Uh, all right, so the other S is shooting a pilot. You know, it's like how many groups have you seen come on the scene? They have two, maybe three investigations under their belts, and they're already compiling that into footage for a television show, whether right. it be a YouTube show or. And also, I gotta, I've said this before. And I've said this to Jeff Melanger, who works in television. And I said, uh, I'm pretty sure that anybody who is uh, putting their show on YouTube, it's probably not going to be a show that becomes a network program. Mm-hmm. And he agreed that normally you're not putting your show on YouTube if it's going somewhere. So people, and there's nothing wrong with making shows just for YouTube. But I'd like to see people get a little bit more under their belt before they immediately start putting it into a television program. Yeah, exactly. Again, every one of these aspects are are part of so many groups out there. I'm talking about how these are all hallmarks of the groups who are just in it for fame. And we do have a call on the line. Again, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. You're on the air. Going once. Twice? Thank you. All right. So that was uh, that debate. And that brought up a lot of discussion about those who are just in it for fame. And uh, it was one of the more lively debates that we've had uh, going back and forth. But some people are in it because they feel like it's a way to just become a celebrity. You know, It's a, it's a way to become famous. You can be a big fish in this small pond, and it can happen pretty quickly. It's it's amazing how easily it can be done because you just have to start showing up to some conventions, start booking yourself as a celebrity, and sooner or later people will think that you're a celebrity. Yeah. Can you really think of any other field where you can do that? Uh-huh. You know, where you can just start proclaiming yourself as the world-famous Matt Costa? No. <laughs> and then all of a sudden everybody yes, will be so. like, well, he must be somebody yeah. if he's at all these conventions. Well, I guess
2: this is one of the few fields where there's no experts, I suppose. So I guess they'll probably...
1: That plays into it for yeah. sure, but I mean sometimes too, like uh, you know you announce a convention and, and some people are like immediately the first person to email the convention organizer i i'd like to come yeah so you know <laughs> hey <laughs> you, you do what you have to do to get ahead I mean, in life if but. you're
2: if you're a, uh, a parano- uh, an organizer of an event, is it better to solicit your own guests or is it? Well, I mean, I don't have know. Have it did, guests come to you.
1: Sometimes when you're in the field and you know what's going on, uh, you know, it's it's easier to because you're already tapped into it. Hmm. You know what's going on. But, like, for, just for an example, you know, TerraCon, I'm helping Steve book the paranormal side of it because he's not really into the paranormal world. Right. So he doesn't know. So he gets requests from people who say, you know, I'd like to come. And then he will ask me, like, is this somebody who is worth bringing in? You know, and you have to make that determination. Not everybody is going to sell. A couple of thousand tickets, which right, is exactly. which is what you have to look at. By the way, when you're a convention organizer, so many of these conventions, when I see the guest list, and I'm like, who, 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 <laughs> and I don't mean to be a jerk here, no, but I've been doing this for a long time. You've been right along here with me for the last, you know, eight years. We've been doing this show, and there's people in this field who are claiming to be somebody's who we've never even heard of. Now, do we know everybody in the field? No. But you would think that we would know some of these names. And you just see this guest list of, wait, what? Yeah. And, like, you don't understand that the concept of a one of these fan conventions, which is what they are, uh, the, the idea is to bring in people that will sell tickets and move tickets. And just having the subject of the paranormal on tap is no longer just enough.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They want to see the people who are on the TV shows. They want to see the names. They want to see yeah. the people who have written the big books. Authors, yeah. And, and I don't know.
2: They, a lot of a lot of, uh, the big draw for these uh, conventions are like
1: get your stuff signed too. Right. Take a picture yeah. with this person. Right. Go on a ghost hunt with this yeah. person. And well, I'm not saying that they these chew their ear off about <laughs>
2: <laughs> show of them, spelling errors in their book.
1: Show them all your pictures. <laughs> something and, like that. Uh, but. You know, I'm not saying that these people who are uh, just starting out or just trying to become a name or are a little bit less known, I'm not saying they shouldn't be on the bill, but Mm. you have to have a balance. You have to have those people who sell the tickets. Right, right. I mean, that's kind of just general rule of thumb for any kind of event like that, I would think, says the guy who puts on events without any stars (laughs) whatsoever. Uh, Another debate that we discussed this week, too, Again, this was another one that was pretty popular uh, and, and pretty diverse in the answers that we got. I asked, can a researcher believe in, the asp- in the one aspect of the paranormal and not believe in others? Can you believe in the existence of ghosts but be completely dismissive of the possibility of aliens? Hmm, I'm not sure. I mean, my honest opinion is no. You really can't, because if you can believe in one thing that's unproven, how can you not believe in the possibility of another, as fantastic as it might be?
2: I don't know. I think it has to be somewhat related. I think with the uh, with aliens and um, I don't know ghosts, I suppose. Um, they're not exactly like, or maybe they are. I'm, I'm I'm sure there's people out there that can debate that, and you can call 1-877-996-1420. Yes. Um, but it's it's uh like I don't know I, I guess like I'll use the example of like psychic ability. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can believe in like psychic ability, why can't you believe in like another plane? Like, if you believe in mediumship, then there's obviously obviously right. obviously something past that. Right. So then that opens the, the door or the window to the possibility of. Um, ghosts and apparitions and things like that. So, I don't know. But with the alien and ghost thing, I'm not
1: sure if there's too much of a connection there. See, I I, I agree with that in terms of uh, you know, we can say that we're looking at different aspects of physics. Okay, For a ghost to exist, that it would have to exist outside our known understanding of physics.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: For aliens to be able to travel in time, I mean, travel across space, we would think they would have to be able to go faster than our current laws of physics would allow uh, in order to just make the trip from the nearest potentially inhabited galaxy. So if we have to bend the rules of physics to accept one, I don't see anything wrong with bending the rules of physics to accept the other. Now, I personally don't think that aliens are beings from another planet that are coming across the solar system. I think they're a lot more closely related to ghosts than that. But I also think that it's, it's ridiculous to be open minded about something and then crap on someone else for being open minded oh, yeah. about something yeah. else. Even if you don't personally want to believe in it, uh, that still doesn't mean that you can't. Because, you know, if you tell me, I, I know that you're a cryptid guy, if you tell me that you are a, a die hard believer in the existence of Bigfoot and I'm a die hard believer in the existence of ghosts, right. I want you to understand my belief in ghosts so i can't crap all over your belief in bigfoot even if i don't think that it really exists yeah yeah but we see too much of that we see that all over the paranormal of of uh of
2: basically factioning there's a there's a fine line between uh skepticism and like crapping all over right something which is uh, it's i don't know it's hard to dance around sometimes
1: (laughs) well that's the other thing too is you have um, to be
2: kind of a good uh debater i suppose
1: we, we talk about the need for people to get along, and the, the big phrase out there parity pari-unity. Right. And this is going to be, I think, one of my posts this week, because I've been waiting to make sure that I start to get some, some discussion going before I drop the, the parity unity bomb on everybody. But parity unity is something that you hear a lot of people pushing, and it's become a buzzword. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind it is that a lot of these groups are competitive with one another to get into locations. They're competitive with one another to get cases. So there becomes a lot of backstabbing and, and talking behind each other's back and drama, paradrama that gets created. So there was a movement a couple of years ago to have everybody work together and get on the same page. And we were part of it. We got wrapped up in it. We were pushing. We oh, were right. ringing the power unity bell. <laughs> we did <laughs> entire annoying. shows on it. Now I've come to the realization that we don't have to all work together. We do have to get along, but we don't have to work. And when I say get along, I don't mean that we need to be friends either, but we need to have a respect for the work that each other does. Yeah. Until such reason arrives that you can prove that someone does not deserve said respect. Right. You know, if I caught you faking evidence, then I would yeah. therefore no longer feel that you were a respectable member of the field. Yeah. But until then, even if you work at a different level than I do and a different approach – I still have to have some modicum of respect for you. Now, where does that respect line go? If I don't charge, which a majority of the paranormal field will not charge you for an investigation of your private home because we can't guarantee that we're providing anything for that money. We don't know for sure that this stuff exists. So just going in there to look for it doesn't warrant charging. Uh, For an example, I, I use the example of an exterminator all the time. Some groups feel like they can remove a ghost. I don't think that that's possible. I think that a ghost will just decide that it feels unwelcome and no longer hang around or no longer make itself known but a ghost well if an exterminator comes to your house, a cockroach is a proven physical existence. They know that a cockroach either exists or doesn't exist uh, that it exists so it's either there or it isn't there. They know what the signs are if a cockroach is there. so for an exterminator to come in Mm-hmm. They can provide a service of being able to make a pretty adequate uh, estimation as to whether or not you have cockroaches in your home because they'll either see them or not see them see the telltale signs of them or There'll not be see evidence them. right like left behind but we as paranormal investigators we can't offer you any definitive proof one way or another if one was present, if it's there, if it's not there, if it was there, if it wasn't there. So then we can't provide well we can't charge for that service that we provide because there's no way of cataloging that. Someone else can tell you that if a paranormal investigator can't charge for the service that they can that they provide, then why can a psychologist provide? For the service that they provide. Because basically all they're doing is they're helping you feel better about your problem. Are they eliminating the problem? Probably not. They're really just helping you talk through it. And they're making you feel better. And they're making you look at different ways of approaching it. That's what a paranormal investigator does. A good paranormal investigator does when they go to somebody's home. They are talking it out with you. They are exploring the options. They're exploring the reasons behind. They're giving you things to look for. They're making you feel better about the situation. Mm -hmm. So how come a psychologist can charge and a paranormal investigator can't. Uh, how come a, par- a psychologist can become I licensed? Guess, and, yeah, you know, I guess
2: know? a, I mean, a psych- psychologist has a degree, and they had to pay their comeuppance, I suppose. But there's, which, no, there's no
1: degree for the paranormal yet. Which leads to another debate that we had about whether or not there should be licensing for people that are in the paranormal. Mm-hmm. I firmly, firmly, firmly believe that people should be licensed To investigate, I don't think that it has anything to do with how they investigate, where they investigate, or what their beliefs are or what their education level is. I just think there should be a written log of who is out there claiming to investigate the paranormal.
2: Almost like a uh, like a food handler's license. Absolutely, because it doesn't. The food handler's license you don't need. It's five bucks. You don't need um, to pass any test or anything. You just have to sign your name on a piece of paper just to say that you are there in case anything does happen they're going to f- go to you
1: and they don't ask you how you cook mm-hmm. they don't ask you where you learned to cook or if you even know how
2: right all so it that's is a, that's a great way because i mean if they're say they're out investigating a cemetery somewhere where they got permission a, a officer comes by asks them what they're doing there has to double check make, it, it would make the make it easier for the officer or whoever comes out to Kind of check the credibility of that person that's out there.
1: You know, we're all wearing our team logo baseball hats. Right. We can put the little license on there just like fishermen do. Mm-hmm. And that's really, like fishing I mean, licenses are the same thing.
2: Right, because, I mean, if I carried around a camera and a, a hat with an acronym, acronym on it and started breaking in houses, right. know, yeah. and then somebody stops me, I'm like, oh, I'm just paranormal investigating. I don't know. Maybe, well, And
1: we see it all the time. I mean, it, it's happened even locally where people get caught breaking into places and then they say to the police, well, we're here as paranormal investigators. Well, right. you still shouldn't be there, but they feel like it at least offers some legitimacy and maybe they won't get in trouble. But now that puts a bad name on everybody else that would have gone through the process of getting permission to do that. So if somebody has to be licensed in their city or town or in the state or however you want to handle the licensing of it, you know, and, yeah, you would have to pay for that because there's going to be administrative charges that go along with it, and they're going to want to cover that somehow. So, yes, you would pay to be a licensed paranormal investigator. And I don't think anybody that's really in this and loves it would complain that much about having to pay $35, $40 a year to be a paranormal investigator. Because what that would do is it would put you into a database so that people would know that you are who you say you are. And then that could be something that could be uh, accessible to homeowners when they are looking for a credible paranormal investigator to come into their home or a business owner to come into their business. You would have that reputation of being, quote-unquote, legitimate. The other thing, too, is, and this leads into it now, if you are convicted of a crime, say trespassing, say theft, breaking and entering,
3: yeah.
1: uh, some sort of sexual crime, You know, if you are convicted of any of these, I think that then, therefore, you should not be allowed to receive one of those investigators' licenses because you are being put into a situation where any of those things are easily repeatable offenses. And I know that you can't, you, you can't punish somebody twice for the crime. Yeah. You know, if they pay their penance and and you know they they go through, then you want to give them that second chance. Uh, but I also think that those are things that when you're putting the trust of people to go into your home, you know, uh, paranormal investigation is nobody's right. Yeah. It, you, you know, it, it's it's dependent. Well, do you think it would be better at um,
2: that if they got the license and then something happened after they got the license? criminalized. Well, I think and if that got, happened to anybody they, that they was licensed, yeah,
1: your license should be revoked if you get in trouble for any of those certain things. Uh, and when I say paranormal uh, investigation is, isn't a right, what I mean is, yeah, you can go out and investigate the paranormal. That's your right. Yeah. But nobody is expected to allow you to come into their home mm-hmm. or into their business or into and their historic as, as a location. homeowner,
2: too, you, like, you just know the paranormal group as the paranormal group. You don't know the individual pre- um, people that are involved in it
1: yeah yeah exactly you you can't be Which, totally
2: I would if if I need an investigation at my house I would I would want to know who the rapist was <laughs> or yeah exactly <laughs> or the the one with a criminal background or something
1: well why don't we take our uh, final
2: and, and I would make my my decision after that
1: why don't we take our final break of the hour because you know being here in primetime we do have actually you know some actual uh, commercials that we have to play but... So we'll take a real quick break. We come back. There's a call on the line. We'll take that and more of your thoughts. 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Back with more in just a moment here on Spooky South Coast.
0: Don't look now, but Spooky South Coast is creeping up behind you right after this. What I am about to say will shake the very foundation of every medical precept you hold here.
3: We have entered the realm
0: of the supernatural. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back.
1: Ted Weisberg, Matt Costa here with you. We have a phone call and room for you 508 996 In a few minutes we'll take a break for the news, but then we'll be here with another entire hour of paranormal discussion for you to call in and share your thoughts. Go to the phones now. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello, you're on the air. The mystery caller. You know we don't take that long to get to the calls. Well maybe somebody just wants to call us and hang up. If that's uh, what you're going to keep doing, we do have your number on caller ID, so we don't have to answer. We're trying to give you the benefit of the the doubt here, but we would love to hear from all of you coming up in the next hour about some of these topics and about whatever else is on your mind, paranormally speaking. Now, did you have a chance to see that Killer Legends documentary? Did I send you the uh, information to see it? I did not see it yet. Um, I was actually, uh, I was watching it again when it was on Sunday night, and I was live tweeting uh, along with Josh Neiman and Chiller TV, oh, and it, was, nice. it was cool because we had like a little three-way going back and forth, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and people were really digging it, and on really tw- getting on involved in stories. Yeah, cool. on, on Twitter. Okay. So I know I'm trying to use the Twitter and more. It's good. Yeah,
2: I like it. I like the Twitter.
1: It's all right. Did you see uh, that Twitter turned uh, turned eight years old this week? Mm. And they came out with a tool where you can go back and see your first tweet. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is pretty interesting because some of our first tweets were a while ago. Now the phone lines are lighting up. Uh, We will have to take a break in in about two minutes. So uh, why don't we try and hold these calls off for the next hour. You can either hang on or you can call back. I really don't want to get into somebody, give them a minute to make their point and then move on because I think these topics that we're discussing tonight go a little bit beyond just that. So uh, I don't want to end up being dismissive of somebody because we're against the clock, uh, but with Killer Legends, it will be rebroadcast a few more times on Chiller TV, and then it will go to Netflix. So you'll be able to see it there as that well if good. you have Netflix, uh, and it's it's really good. I mean, it was very very well done, and uh, I enjoyed it a great deal. And I'm hoping to uh, ho- I'm hoping that if Josh Neiman does go forward with another installment of it, we can get him back on the program because he was a great cast, and I've heard a lot of. Fa- uh, a lot of fantastic feedback from people about that show, saying that it was uh, really interesting to talk about something that was based, in fact, something that we can actually right. prove yeah. as opposed to some of the other high-level concepts that we talk about here on the program where you've got to you know, suspend belief or at least open your mind to the existence of something beyond. Uh, so it was cool to kind of talk about that stuff, and you know, I'm getting a lot of requests for more true crime in the show. Is is that something that you think people would be more responsive to? Is that something you'd like to discuss more? I don't know. I like like true crime.
2: I mean, the Leslie Borden case is true crime, and we talk about that on a regular yeah. basis. I it's just, very popular.
1: I don't want to step all... You know, Dave Schrader with Darkness Radio, they do True Crime Tuesdays every week. Yeah. So I don't want to kind of step on their toes, but we can no, mix no, in some true so crime. Yeah, I, I see no, nothing wrong with that. So if you have cases you'd like us to talk about, you can email us, spookycrew at spooky south dot com, and we can discuss them here on the program. We'll get all the pertinent guests to share their knowledge and research with us as well. We are going to take a break for the news. When we come back on the other side... More paranormal talk. We'll kick around some more of these debate topics. We'll get a little weird with the week and weird. We'll talk more about legend trips and a whole bunch more. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after the news of more Spooky South
3: Coast.
0: Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Look, I know the supernatural is something. 1420 WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa.
1: Welcome back, hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa. Science advisor Matt Moniz had better things to do. He's taking a night off. He didn't. So that's fine. Enjoy your night off, Monius, because we're making you go back to work starting next week when we'll be talking about Ouija with our guests Karen Dahlman and the one and only Robert Murch. Oh, nice. I think Bob's coming into the studio. Really? I'll have to double check with him, but I think that he said he was going to come down for that, and he'll probably bring some of his boards. You know, he's got the, the number one Ouija board collection in the world, and he has, uh, he has amazing uh, boards. He has so many. And he's got uh, some interesting stories and interesting information to share with us uh, about the history of those boards. So he'll be joining us, and uh, Karen will be joining us, and we're just going to have a heck of a lot of talk about the Ouija. So if you are scared of the Ouija board, you know maybe this will help calm some of your fears. If you think that it's just a toy, maybe this will make you think twice. So stay tuned. That will be next Saturday night at 10 p.m. Uh, Tonight we are talking about a variety of different topics, paranormal debates uh, that we have been posting up on my Facebook page, kind of bringing them to the airwaves here to get the thoughts and feelings of the people out there. You can call in at any point, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. A lot to get into in this hour, but we do have a couple of calls on the line, so let's try and take those real quick. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you?
4: Tim, I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm the hang-up guy.
1: <laughs> we, we
4: I, you know, I, I called you on my cell phone and the ride home from work, and I don't know. I, I just couldn't. All of a sudden, it just hung up on me. And well, I got home, called you the home phone, and it just hung up on me.
1: Well, I know it's nothing personal with you, so.
4: Oh, well, I know that, but it's probably something spooky. It could be. Anyways, anyways, I didn't call you to tell you about that. About a couple of years ago, you had a thing at the Seaport Inn. Yes. With a lot of uh uh, investigators and stuff. You know, so I think those was, there was a represented from TAPS.
1: Sure. Yeah, we usually have someone. Uh, we had one last year uh, with Amy Bernie from from TAP from Ghost yeah, Hunters. Well, yeah,
4: matter of fact, I heard the show with you. You had her in studio, right? Yes, we did. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, she, I liked Amy.
1: Oh, she'll be coming but, back too.
4: But there was a guy there uh, who was he was started he worked for TAPS. He's started You were talking earlier about uh, you know crates and uh, creeps or whatever. Yes. Called. Yep. And um, he wanted to start his own thing called Haunted R.I.
1: Yes, Bri- tried, Brian Hanwell.
4: He me a hat. You know, he wanted to sell me a hat. He goes, hey, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you just give me a hat and I'll, I'll pip out what you're doing. He goes, what are you doing? He goes, oh, we're doing like haunted buildings in Rhode Island and stuff like that. He goes, oh, cool. I've him from TAPS. And he, I guess, he quit TAPS or whatever.
1: Right, that was Brian Harnois. He had been a yeah, member Brian of TAPS. That's
4: him. I, I forgot his name.
1: He left, and uh, he. What
4: happened to What happened to Haunted iri He says, "Oh, we're going to be airing uh, on this channel on such and such date." And I, I forgot what date it was, and I never saw one episode. What
1: happened to him? It did air on Rhode Island PBS. Uh, there were three episodes total, and that was all the day it ever produced. Uh, something happened that there was a kind of a breakdown in in the project. You know uh, Brian went in a different direction uh, got into some trouble and <laughs>
4: apparently yeah he get trouble you
1: know? <laughs> well he had some personal issues uh, that he had to take time away uh, to attend to and then he came back on his dude run tour and things didn't go so well on that either uh, so now I mean let's just Put it out there, he's kind of been ostracized by the paranormal community to some degree. Yes. Uh, so I, I do know that, uh, you know, Jason and Christian, who are the other guys working on Haunted R.I. with Brian, they're good friends of ours, and I know that they've got a variety of other top uh, projects that they're working on. Uh, Jason is a hell of an artist and a filmmaker. Uh, Christian as well. Uh, Jason actually designed our seventh anniversary poster that we had up on online with Lizzie Borden and all of our heads on the plate. He actually designed that. He just oh, does yeah. fantastic work. So, uh, I, I know that we'll be hearing more out of those guys in the future, uh, even without Brian, so.
4: It was funny when they first started out, um, you know, Taps, they showed them both, uh, working for Roto rooter cleaning the toll bowl. Yeah. It's like two guys cleaning the toilet bowl or, uh, you know, snake in the drain or whatever. Well, <laughs> so you know. You get a call, okay, oh, we're going to go out and investigate Yeah, a lot of that, of course, oh, is go. staged. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's staged for television. They want to show them kind of at the day job and what they do. Yeah. Uh, but in actuality, I mean, does it take two guys to, to clear out a toilet?
4: Yeah. But that's what I thought. I go well why are you even doing this? You know I mean? I can see one guy here, one guy one guy up on the roof and the other guy downstairs, you know. Yeah, well they're
1: just trying to show that they're you know, that they're regular guys working their blue collar jobs but they're still talking about ghosts and they're still discussing cases uh, during the course of their regular day. so
4: they're pretty much the original. I mean, with, with the Ghost Hunters,
1: right? In terms of this kickoff of the Paranormal Investigation yeah. reality shows, yes, they were, the, they were the first. But there had been others that had been around for a long time that got television exposure and uh, kind of led to the idea, of the premise for the show. There was actually a show called Ghost Hunters uh, prior to that in the U.K. that was a similar format. And, uh, and Most Haunted had started in the U.K. before Ghost Hunters did as well.
4: Most Haunted, yeah. That
1: was, you know, it was here in the U.S. for a little while, uh, but it was really, really big over in the UK where it was filmed, and that was kind of the original genesis of the going into creepy haunted places that uh, that Ghost Adventures has picked up on. Except they went in with a presenter and a scientist and a medium, so they kind of tried to present all different sides of the uh, of the case. Right. But everything became uh, everything became negative, and everything attacked them, and there was accusations of faking evidence with Most Haunted, so.
4: You know, yeah, you, I mean, you can't. Even when, when, you know, Ghost on first thought, I was kind of glued to it on Wednesday night. So oh, I me mean, put time aside, to, you know, to watch it. And then it sometimes it's just like, are they really just full? Oh, did you hear that? Oh, I heard something. Did you hear that? Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. If they don't ask, Do you know did you hear what?
1: that? They don't know when to cut to commercial. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the cue for right.
4: Say, it's right. Exactly. It's called the teaser.
1: Right. Exactly. And then that's you know that's kind of what it's become. But I mean, we when we had Amy in the studio, you know, she gives us and I know she's listening right now. So you know, hi to Amy. But uh, I know that there's uh, a lot of that background. Amy,
4: you rule if you listen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, she is. And so they they um, they actually you know they. they there's a lot more to it than what we see on camera, and there's a lot of it that is cut for the cameras, so oh, yeah, a lot of it's cut for that. the show.
4: That's so, one of the reasons I call it, like, you know, when you talk to the families about what their medications are, there's is there any problem? Right. With, you and, know, you and don't and see the sit down and talk. It's just like you walk in the door, okay, all right, we'll set up our equipment.
1: And I'm joking around when I say they say, you know, what was that, so they know when to go to commercial, but that's how they build the show. And all, all the investigators can do is conduct their investigation, and then... The, the editors go through, and they're the ones that take the footage and arrange it in the way that's presented.
3: So
4: right, and then of course you yeah, have cut, copy, paste. You know, cut this out, put that in. You know, because it's just a half an hour show. Right. You say, or well, it's an, an hour. hour show, whatever it is. You know,
1: you got forty-four <clears> minutes. Yeah, four
4: hours of investigation and. You know, with the time meeting with the family, at the house.
1: Even even longer. Sometimes it's days' worth of investigations.
4: Well, it just shows when driving. Uh, I, said, I think they drove to Hawaii once. I don't know how they got <laughs> there on, on
1: the truck. Yeah, Steve Steve had to drive because he won't fly. so He took a kayak. You know, what's funny is I've interviewed Steve a few times, and it's always been, you know, I have to call him at like 1230 at night when he's driving to the next case. So while Jason and Grant and, and Tango and whoever else are all, you know, getting, you know, they, they're flying. They're flying out to these places. But while they're doing that, you know, uh, Steve's driving. Uh, Grant's no longer part of it. No, Well, they're still friends. Yeah, they're still friends, but but Grant, uh, you know, took a step back from the TV show to have more time, and he's been designing games, and he's been doing a heck of a job of those. They've been very successful. Uh, you can purchase them at the local game stores. I know that King Richard's Fair carries them. So uh, yeah. Okay. All right, well, thank you yeah, so much for the when call.
4: When first started out, it seemed like, you know, uh, you, like Laurel and Hardy, you know, you, they're both together. You know, when you take one guy away, then he, they add someone else in, and now they get got new girls now. Right,
1: and the dynamic between them was part of what made the show successful.
4: Exactly. But,
1: you know, when somebody gets burnt out, they don't want to keep doing it anymore. You don't want to force them to do it either.
4: Right, that's what I thought, Brian, that's what happened to Brian. He gave me half a haunted Rhode Island, and I was like, what happened to him? He fell off the edge of the earth, all of a sudden. Yeah. I see one yeah. episode. I can probably look it up on... Uh,
1: yeah, the other two are available. You can purchase uh, the DVDs. I know that they do have DVDs of them. So if you have trouble finding them, just let me know, and I'll contact Jason Mayo and see if we can get you some copies of it. And I'm, I'm sure that I think they were like, what, like 14 95 or something for a disc? Yeah, something like that. So, uh, yeah, I'll see what I can find that. out, too, during a break. All right, buddy. All right, thank you so much. Have a great night.
4: Take care, Tim. Yeah, Bye.
1: 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Those are the numbers to call in with whatever is on your mind, paranormally speaking. And uh, one of the things that uh, came up this week was this video that came, I think it was yesterday that it got released by Channel 5, put up yeah, the entire yeah. surveillance footage. how yeah,
2: you put it up on Facebook.
1: WMUR in New Hampshire uh, actually has the report, and then the... Um, The surveillance footage shows everything, and that's on the Channel 5 website, thebostonchannel.com. But we tweeted out both of them earlier, so if you follow us at SpookySC or if you go to the Spooky South Coast uh, page on Facebook, you'll be able to see these videos for yourself, and you can make your own determination. We did put in a call to the owner. Of the store where this footage was recorded And uh, hopefully he can call us Before the end of the program And if not, maybe we can get him on for a future episode I'm very, very skeptical of this video footage And I'll explain why uh, To those who haven't seen it But I think I don't know how much of it uh, actually, I don't think any of it would play If I Do you think if I played the WMUR report Do you think it would really play well on the radio Or is it kind of one of those you got to see it things um, I don't know I think you really kind of get to see it. Yeah. So you can see it on our Twitter account, on our Facebook page. But basically, what happens is the surveillance camera pointed at the counter of this country store in New Hampshire. In uh, is it? What's the name of the town? Is it Guilford, New Hampshire? Uh, yeah. So Gilford. in the name of the store, hang on, I got it written down in my pocket. Be better if I could get into my pocket while we're on the air. Oh, that's my dinner receipt.
3: Okay.
1: Great radio, great radio. Okay, here we go. Uh, the Elacoya Country Store in Guilford, New Hampshire, and the owner's name is Steve Bezoda. So we put in a call to Steve Bezoda to see if uh, he wanted to call in and discuss this with us. Hopefully, if he has the time, he will do so. But anyway, in this footage, the cover of a, of a pie dish, you know, the, the pie dishes like they have on the counter yeah, at yeah. a restaurant? The cover actually lifts up and flies off the counter and smashes on the floor. And it happens just a few moments after the clerk walks away. And goes into the other room. And then comes back in. Now, as pointed out on our Facebook discussion about it, when the clerk comes back in, she looks perplexed. But she doesn't really look scared. She doesn't look worried. She doesn't think anybody broke in or anything. She just kind of looks at the glass and is like, huh? That could be a natural reaction. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't uh, expect somebody to be completely freaked out and running away scared necessarily.
2: Things have have happened like that to me—not ghost-related, but like I kind of like play something that's like prone to fall. Right, and then I'm like, especially those because you know when you put those
1: down, you don't always put them on correctly, and they'll fall over. I mean, this actually picks up and flies. It's a little bit different, but if you're the last person to put it on, there, you might think, "Oh man!" And if if I was in that position, my first thought would be. I'm gonna to have to replace that pie dish now, yeah, and they're yeah. not cheap. Yeah. So, you know, I can kind of understand maybe not having a, a totally freaked out reaction, but if you watch to the left of the frame, there's that soda cooler, and watch right around the time when the when the cover picks up and lifts off the counter, watch some of the weird shadows and changes in the light from the from the cooler. You'll see almost like the light gets dimmer and then gets brighter, and then see the light fixture that's directly over it on the left that gets dimmer and gets brighter. So there's like that darkening of the lights. Now, is it possible that something paranormal was taken was hap- taking place and it drew some of the power from those objects? Sure, that's possible if you believe that a spirit needs to draw energy in order to manifest and to gain strength to do something like knock a a pie cover off the counter then yeah it would probably draw energy from those sources do you want to know what it looks like to me i don't
2: know it looks more like a
1: shadow to me the shadow it looks like a shadow like
2: not not like not a power drain from the lights but more of a shadow. something
1: moving in front of it Hmm. could that be a shadow person could that be a spirit who is coming through and that shadow is kind of its manifestation Yes. I think that that's quite a possibility. But do you know what else is a very good possibility? What's that? That's a static shot more or less, right? Pretty much. So it's not that hard if somebody wanted to be digitally removed from that from that video. You yeah. could you could probably do it. You you you're pretty good with some of these programs. You could probably pull somebody out of a you know, and kind of paint over it. With some of the, uh, so I'm wondering if that's what happened. If somebody was digitally removed from that footage, and what, you're still seeing the shadow of them walking in front of it, and, and walking in front of that light fixture, knocking it off, and then walking away. You can almost time it so that the the shadows dampen right around the you know, the shadows happen right around the time that that would take place. Yep. Can you can you see what I'm suggesting? Yeah, yeah, I see it. Am I off base?
2: I don't know. Further in the video, uh, you can see the shadow again, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if that's because, like you said, like because further
1: on in the video, there's a, there's a person there. Right. So I don't, I don't know. And a lot of people have suggested the possibility of fishing line, uh, and the WMUR report tries to discount that possibility by showing that the window that's directly behind that counter is permanently closed. It cannot be opened. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's enough for me to discount the fishing line. Now, I'm not saying that it's a hoax. I'm saying why I think it could be a hoax. I'm saying that that is something that needs to be put into, you know, into play. Now, why would the owner of a country store hoax a ghost clip? Um, to promote their business. Promote their business. And it already says that he's contacted Paranormal investigators. Now, it actually says that he's contacted ghost hunters. Yeah, I don't know if that means he's reached out and contacted TAPS, which is why I was hoping he was going to call. I don't know if he's contacted the program Ghost Hunters or if they're trying to use Ghost Hunters as a generic term for a paranormal investigator, which you know most serious paranormal investigators hate that. But Ghost Hunters is capitalized in the report, so I'm wondering if that means that they're saying Ghost Hunters proper is in the television show, in which case that is one of the things that we talk about all the time in the paranormal you know you have to be cautious of the people who want you to come and investigate their home and the first question is can you get me on TV yeah yeah. so I don't know I mean I, I, like I said I wish the owner would call in and we could discuss these possibilities maybe we can do that either by the end of the program or next week but uh, it does it certainly does raise some eyebrows I mean if, not, if it has not been doctored in any way and that it is a legitimate straight video then how do you explain that
2: I don't know, she does seem kind of uh, shocked toward the end when she's explaining it. It looks like she's explaining it to... If it did just fall, atrium.
1: it would just fall. But it actually picks up and falls.
3: Mm.
1: You can actually see it go up in the air. So it's it's certainly very interesting. And you can check it out by going to our Twitter account, at SpookySC. You can see the entire video and judge for yourself. Let us know what you think. You can either tweet us back your thoughts, or you can email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, and also, if you're on my Facebook, if you're not, send me a request. But if you are, you can see the discussion that we have going on about that video and let us know what you think as well. And uh, why don't we take a break? When we come back, we will get weird for a little bit. We'll do the Week and Weird, and then we'll jump back into some of these paranormal debates that we've been discussing. It's, it's turning into a little bit of a paranormal potpourri tonight, Matt. <laughs> Actually, That's my favorite. it was requested by one of our listeners Paranormal Potpourri. They asked for Paranormal Potpourri. That's good. And they might actually be getting it tonight. So uh, we will take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have more Spooky South Coast. Call in with your thoughts, your questions, your experiences. 508-996-0500. 877-996-1420. Back in just a few here on WVSN.
0: Don't look now, but Spooky South Coast is creeping up behind you right after this. Good evening, do not attempt to adjust your radio, there is nothing wrong, we have taken control as to bring you this special show. Spooky South Coast is back. Everybody be cool,
2: you be cool.
1: back, Spooky South Coast, Tim Bosberg here, along with the Silent Assassin, Matt Costa, and of course, that little clip there from the From Dusk Till Dawn film. Have you had a chance to see the show yet? I haven't. I haven't. Good it's stuff. It. I haven't seen the second episode yet. Yeah, It's only on British Netflix, right? It's or on something? the El Ray Network, which is a new American network okay. put together by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, they have, they rerun the X-Files on it, a right. number of other cool shows, uh, Starsky and Hutch, you know, all kinds of cool stuff that, you know. Is in the world of Robert Rodriguez. And the original show, the first original show, is an adaptation of From Dusk Till Dawn, where they basically take the movie and they expand upon it. And the whole first episode was just that scene at the beginning where they're in the liquor store. So I'm assuming that the second episode is where he meets Jacob and Jacob's family. Uh, And Jacob is played by Robert Patrick. Oh, really? Which is cool. Yeah. And Don Johnson played the sheriff in the first episode. <laughs> and cool. Wilmer Valdorama, Wilmer, oh, yeah. he's on it, too. Really?
2: Okay. And he's pretty good. That's weird. I haven't seen him on anything aside from that terrible MTV show where they do the Yo Mama jokes.
1: Well, <laughs> looking at this, I mean, this, this has the potential to be a really cool show. The only thing that disappoints me is I wish they had gotten John Hawks to be the clerk in the liquor store again. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was just so good in that. <laughs> <laughs> he really was. And he's a heck of an actor, if you've ever seen Deadwood, yeah. uh, which you could because I gave you yeah. my HBO Go password. Yeah. Uh,
2: but uh, I did start watching that. I didn't, Deadwood? I didn't get too into it. But it's
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's Shakespeare in the Old West. It can be very hard to get through. Right. But... It's nice when you watch a show and every other word is the F-bomb. Or oh, the C-word. Yeah, the yeah. C, that comes out a lot. It does. Uh, especially when the, <laughs> woo the Chinese guy, that's the only word uh. he knows. Uh, so anyway, the, um, the From Dusk Till Dawn show, it airs on the L-Ray network. We can't get that here on my cable system. It's only available in the Wareham area on DirecTV, which oh. I don't have. All right. And I guess the L-Ray network is not really everywhere, but it's not in England. But they worked out a deal with British Netflix, where Netflix gets it the day after it airs on the L-Ray network. Oh, cool. So what I've been doing is I've been <coughs> downloading it from the British Netflix, right? which I feel completely okay doing, yeah,
3: because I'm a Netflix available. subscriber. Yeah.
1: So I should be able to have that service, right? Right. If I do download things, I probably shouldn't talk about it on radio podcasts. Oh, while we're, uh, while we're discussing the idea of podcasts, yes. we need to look into this and figure this out. Apparently, our archives have disappeared from iTunes okay. and from wherever else podcasts are found. You can only get like the last year and a half of shows. Oh, okay. And everything from before that has gone missing. Now, I have, uh, the, you know, when I go into the podcast service, I can find them all. They're all listed there. Yeah. And it looks like the files are there, yep. but it will not play. So we need to figure that out, and if we can't figure it out, we need to figure out a way because I have them all on disk up until probably the last year and a half I have been saving them to disk, okay, but I have the first couple of years saved on disk. We may need to repopulate the internet with those, okay, or we just have to accept the fact that they're gone,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> which will be hard. but for anybody that is having trouble accessing the archives, we are working on it, we're trying to figure it out. I went through and tried to figure out you know why it's not uh, if you go into the, the the podcast service and you click play, it doesn't play huh so. There's your assignment for the week. Okay, thank you. And if you need me to contact them because I don't know what email address they have, let me know. Um, There was an issue where uh, the card expired that we used, and I had to put in the new information, and it lapsed. So maybe that caused us to lose our unlimited hosting. I don't know. Uh, But if that's the case, we will fight fight HipCast tooth and nail because... I'll look into it. We might have to repost everything, but... We'll see what we need to do. We will make sure that we make all 600-plus shows. I think it's probably close to 700 shows. Uh, they'll all be available for you. Can you, imagine, can you imagine how many that we've done? That math doesn't add up either, by the way. No. Because it's 50, 52 shows a year at most times eight. So it really should only be like, yeah. Yeah, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating. I don't know.
2: Okay. We'll figure it out. You can exaggerate. It's fine. Why not? It's radio. Absolutely. So the speaking of radio... Mind.
1: Speaking of radio, it works best if you call in 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. We still have a few more debate topics to kick around, but before we do that, we might as well, because we can, get a
3: little weird. More bad news.
0: Well, i got a great show for you today with some wonderful weird stuff. I feel, I feel so very weird.
1: <laughs> the Week in Weird Well, coming from the Huffington Post's weird news section Another goat head was found in a New York park That's right, yes, another goat head. Apparently more than one goat head was found in the park On Monday morning in New York City's Prospect Park David Rebig was meandering along a wooden trail when his Boston Terrier sniffed out the still-preserved head, according to DNA Info. At first, I thought it was a frozen squirrel or kitten. Then I saw the tag and horns and realized what it was, he told the publication. I would describe my reaction as unsettled. He said uh, he alerted, alerted the park worker, and the worker seemed genuinely scared and told him not to touch the head. In a photo taken by Rebig, the goat's head can be seen and freshly fallen snow, a tag on its ear bears the number 93. The eerie image marks the second time a goat head has been found in the park. Four years ago, the Brooklyn paper reported on a goat head also found by a man and his dog, just two days after the carcass had been discovered elsewhere in the park. So the Gothamist publication speculates that it could have something to do with Santeria rituals. Decapitated ghosts have popped up in various locations over the years and are generally assumed to be part of Santeria rituals. Animal sacrifice often commemorates life events like birth, marriage, and death. Now, we had some issues in New Bedford with Santeria a few years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. With chickens being sacrificed. Yep. Yeah. I'm assuming that if that's the case, there will be some charges brought against whoever is doing this because I know freedom of religion is supposed to protect us, but there's also animal cruelty laws as well.
2: I don't know. To, I don't understand how, if you are going to uh, practice your religious beliefs in that manner, like why, why did you why do you leave stuff?
1: Right. Why leave the evidence behind? Right. Because that's how you end up getting in trouble. Yeah.
2: This, is, this is unrelated, but. Uh, did you hear it? anything more about the the seal that was found in Providence?
1: No, I haven't. I yeah. saw that you tweeted that out, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, the, the seal that was found—it was—it was just a fountain. It's kind of—it's kind of mean, but uh, <laughs> it was a dead seal that was found on the street, a street—a real like seal.
1: You think somebody moved it and from a beach and put it?
2: Yeah, they put in up in front of, a sign of house. Said, uh, uh, the house. "Seal, looking for a good home."
1: Yeah, it doesn't yeah. you know? Sleeps a lot.
2: Yeah. I was wondering if they actually got them. Maybe I think. About it.
1: I, I have not heard. Yeah, we will definitely follow that up for an update. One more weird story we'll tell you. The Winchester Mystery House could be hosting sleepovers. Known as the house built by the spirits, the sprawling and maze-like Victorian mansion in San Jose, California, was built by firearm-era Sarah Winchester back in 1884 and now operates as a world-famous tourist destination. Now, for the first time, members of the public could get the chance to sleep over in this haunted house. Now, the idea behind the Winchester Mystery House was... But Sarah Winchester felt so guilt ridden by all of those who had been killed by the Winchester repeater yeah. that she built this house as the spirits commanded her. And so there's doors that go nowhere, there's stairways that go nowhere, and it's like a just a giant fun house in this Victorian mansion. Was it she
2: had to keep working on the house until um issue stopped? construction of the house that she would she would die
1: right as long as construction of the house never ceased mrs. Winchester could rest assured that her life was not in danger. So she continued to build the house for 38 years until her death in 1992. At the time of her death, the house had 160 rooms, 2,000 doors, 10,000 windows, 47 stairways, 47 fireplaces, 13 bathrooms, and 6 kitchens. <laughs> I get lost in the Houghton Mansion. Right. I, can <laughs> I only get mean, lost
2: in this cookie studio.
1: <laughs> I can only imagine what would happen if we had a Legend Trips event at the Winchester Mystery House. Hint, 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 to <laughs> Mm-hmm. Nudge, nudge. It's possible. It'd be pretty far to travel, but it's possible. So maybe we'll put that on the radar for the future. I mean, when you have the chance to go to a place like the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah. You, you want to take advantage of it. So there you have it. That is the Weekend Weird for this week. If you have any stories you'd like to share with us, you can just share them with us on Twitter. Tweet them to us, at SpookySC. Hashtag them, W-I-W, or hashtag and Weird. And uh, if we put it up there, we will give you credit for passing it along. Right. But right now, Huffington Post is our best friend. Yeah,
2: basically. Okay. Thank you. All,
1: for that. all right. We are going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk about some more debate topics. We'll also take your calls. There's one call waiting, but there's plenty of room for you. 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Back with more Spooky South Coast in just a moment here on WBSM.
0: Spooky South Coast is back.
4: Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker.
1: And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking,
3: gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life.
1: Welcome back. Tim bird Matt Costa. It is Spooky South Coast. Normally on from 10 to midnight, but on tonight at a special prime time spot. Because the Bruins are taking over the spooky airwaves at 9 o'clock. The puck drops 8.30 pregame start here on WBSM. And definitely stay tuned to WBSM, the Twitter feed, uh, SC Twitter feed, SpookySouthCoast.com, all these ways to find out as we get shifted around a little bit as baseball season is getting ready to begin. And we'll be moved around for Bruins playoffs as well. Plus, we're going to be all over the place coming up in the coming weeks. We've got Terracon, We've got Paranormal for Paws. We've got a couple of Legend Trips events. We've got a, we're, we're going to be out of the studio quite a bit. So, uh, you know, you've got to keep up to date with everything by following us on Twitter, at SpookySC, or going to SpookySouthCoast.com. 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. How are you?
5: Um. I'm okay, I wanted to touch you off here, but I just wanted to know what happened with that cup in New Hampshire,
1: that glass, the in one New that, Hampshire. You know, it, to me, I'm I'm a little suspicious that it looks like you know there's there's some shadow there, and I'm wondering if somebody was removed from the video, and Matt noticed that there's a knob on the top of the dish. And Matt, what was your speculation there?
2: Oh, I mean, it, it could be uh easy way to attach a, some sort of fishing line. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, I mean, we I can't really you, say.
5: You said you were going to talk about it, so I'm going to hang up. I'm going to just listen to what you have to say.
1: Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we did go into it uh, at length a little while ago, uh, and we talked about the possibility that it could be a hoax and the reaction to it. Now, there is no window right there that opens up, according to the yeah. WMUR report. Uh, so it would be, I mean, if they were going to tie a string around that, no, where would it go? Yeah, that's true. Because if the clerk took the string with her as she walked out, if she pulled it, it's going to go in the direction that she walked out, and it's not going to just go up and fall down like it did. Mm. Um, I still look at those shadows on the side, and I'm a little suspicious about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, if it's uh, if it is something to kind of draw business, maybe like was see if like the business was hurting before, prior. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't, if you- I don't know if that's. Delving too much into it, right?
1: But I mean, it could. I mean, it could just be a publicity stunt. It doesn't mean that the business was hurting per se. Mm. I mean, everybody could do more business. Uh, it is possible. Now, I didn't watch all the way till the end. When that second person comes in, which direction does that second person come from?
2: Uh, it, it. It looks like there's two doors. There's one on the upper right,
1: and this person's and coming from out. down below.
2: Yeah, there's there's uh, there's two. Well, there's two. There's a person that comes from the left. There's a doorway over by that soda machine, mm-hmm.
1: and then there's um, someone who comes from the upper right. So do you see yeah. that person come in from, by the soda machine? Do they come in? Can you see them walk in from the door, or do they come, like, around the corner?
2: Uh, it looks like there's a door. The one on the upper left is a door, and then uh, there's also a door that they come in through.
1: Because I'm wondering if you couldn't tie the fishing line to the top of the pie plate, go behind. It looks like there's some shelving across from it there. Go behind that. And somebody could be off camera, you know, down and to the left or down and to the right and pulling the string as it's wrapped around. That would make it go down in, in that direction. Yeah, that's true. Just a thought. I mean... In, in all, in all honesty, here the, the the fact of the matter is probably that it it did happen, and that it's not a hoax. Right. But you know we have to analyze it. This is what we do. We break down the video and we try to see where it could be right, faked right. or where it could be something else that's causing it.
2: Yeah, I mean we're just uh, we're just kind of throwing out possibilities. We're not, right. like We're not discounting this video. At all?
1: No, no. It could very well be legitimate, and that's why I was hoping the I mean, owner it was going to call in. I mean, we hope it is, but we like, right can't count on it. We're we're kind of trained to right. to eliminate all the possible explanations first, and it doesn't look like it could be just a simple fall, not with it going up and then going down. Yeah, would yeah. you agree I with mean,
2: that? It looks like uh, because of the like the the frame rate, there's there's some there's a little velocity behind it.
1: Right. Yeah. It, that's what I noticed. It's like. Mm-hmm. Pff- it's and, not
2: like it just kind of like slipped off the table.
1: And the other thing too about that is uh you know those are heavy. Those are glass. Right, right. And we've dealt with them working in the food service industry, so yeah. they're not I do I do have to say that type
2: of uh if it's the the kind of type that I uh, am thinking it's very it's very slippery. Um uh i it's, i don't know what kind of material it is but it's whatever glass grade glass it is if it's pyrex or something similar to that it's kind of uh, on on a surface a smooth like uh, veneer surface like that it's it slides very easily
1: right but when it's positioned atop the pie plate as mm. it is originally right? right when it's positioned atop that somebody say slamming a door isn't going to cause enough of a rush of air to lift it up. No, no, and make it airborne before it comes down.
2: No, but um, like I'm thinking, like remember uh, those those wizards toy when when you were a kid? It, it was like a game that you like slide, or it's like curling, where it, it's very easy to slide. Yes, it's yes. almost
1: kind of like that. And of course, that, if, with that material, if the counter was wet at all, hmm. too, that's only going to help it. Right, right. It doesn't look wet though. It, no, but, I mean, you can't be sure. Right. Uh, but, again, it's, I think the, the the part that is the most interesting is where it picks up and yeah, then yeah. drops. That, that to me, seems the most interesting. And, um, really, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope that when they do call in some groups, it will be some people that we work with and some people that we know and respect. Uh, we have a great group up there in New Hampshire that uh, we are friends with, and hopefully uh, they can take a look at that and see – What's going on? Maybe they can find it a little bit more. Now, we actually know of an instance where something similar has happened. I did not witness it. You did not witness it. But our co-host, Matt Moniz, was at Lizzie Borden's with a room full of people Mm -hmm. in the front parlor. And they saw a picture frame lift up in the air, turn around, and then fly up. up. So, I mean, there is some uh, report of a similar uh, happening. So, well... I don't know. We'll have to see what we can find out. We'll have to see if we can find out more about that in the coming weeks. I would be
2: more impressed if the, the register picked up.
1: Yeah, that would be pretty cool. nice. And, and uh, as paranormal investigators, we wouldn't mind if all that money dumped out on the floor. <laughs> right. Free for all. Everybody grab it. So uh, again, we've been talking about some of these paranormal debates. And if you have, by the way, if you want to see that footage uh, that we're talking about, just follow us on Twitter at SpookySC. You'll see it there. Uh, you can also go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash spooky south coast. You can see it there as well. Uh, we we put it up in both the WMUR report and the Channel 5 linking of the entire full uh, video, the entire full surveillance video, so you can watch it in its entirety and determine for yourself uh, wh- what you think. And I'm uh, scrolling through here some of the debates where we've talked about things uh, over the course of the last few weeks uh, on my Facebook page and seeing some of these. Like we have phone yeah, calls I see a well. phone call popping up there. So why don't we do that? <laughs> That was a pretty good one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was laughing at the leprechaun. <laughs> good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hi,
5: Tim. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, I talked to you about a month or so ago about um, synchronicities and numerology, and you said you might be having a guest on soon about, uh, I think, a numerologist or something. Are you going to be having somebody on like that?
1: I did, and I contacted him back, and I have not heard back from him. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm hoping that we still can get him on, because, again, that's something that we haven't covered quite enough. Yeah, I'd like to hear something like that, yeah. We'll definitely look into it more. I know Matt's connected into that community from mm-hmm. some of the work that he's done off the air helping out some of these local businesses. So uh-huh. maybe through some of your connections, Matt, you can get us a, a local oh, yeah, numerologist. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I, I know a couple. All right, sounds, sounds good. We will, good. We will definitely put it together. Right. Okay, thanks so much. All right, have a great night. You too, bye-bye. Bye. And again, if you have any suggestions for a guest or for a topic, you can email us, SpookyCrew at spooky south dot com. Those are the, that's the way to get a hold of us all week long with whatever is on your mind. I'm trying to go back here and see some of these uh, older debates. Hmm. I think I've gone past them. Well, one of the debates that we had recently was the idea of the term using the term client to describe someone who has a, an investigation done. Right. And it was kind of nitpicking to some degree, but some people take offense at using the word client because client implies somebody who's paying for a service. Okay. Now, it all depends on which dictionary definition you use. What do you think about using the word client to describe I think, it? I
2: think client is fine. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, what else would you call them?
1: I mean, homeowner, requester, case file, whatever you want to yeah. use. But, I, I, you know, the thing about client is it denotes a level of professionalism. It denotes a, a distinguish uh, between somebody who is looking to have a service provided and somebody who's looking for mm-hmm. trying to get on television. So maybe there's that too. Uh, we do have a call here. Let's take that. Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast.
5: Hey Tim, how are you? Good, how are you? Uh, good thanks. Um I just wanted to um just you just said something which I was gonna bring up to um you know when we were talking about well, I wasn't, but you were. Um you were talking about the um other groups and whatnot and the backstabbing and all that and the para unity mm-hmm. and the hopes for that. Um I I have to give kudos to Legend Trips. That's where I've done most of my and that's where all my experience has been. And um work and working with different people and whatnot. There is such a level of professionalism with legend trips. I've never heard a bad word about anybody. I've never heard any backstabbing and really am very sensitive to that stuff because really it brings the mood of the group down sure. and it really does not make it an enjoyable atmosphere for people to investigate in. I've been through other groups that have done that and I've just like turned around and left because it's not it's not professional, and it's not part of what I want to be involved in. I just want to learn, you know, and right. that's what Legend Trips provides. Is it provides lectures, history, camaraderie, um, tips and tricks, and, you know, things like that of, of you know, things to uh, learn. And it's just it's a great atmosphere. So I just want to give a shout-out to the Legend Trip kids, and, and kudos to you guys for keeping it professional. And I think that's what is missing, I think, in a lot of these other groups is the professionalism, and, and some of them have it, but some of them don't. And it's very obvious when you work with somebody who is not professional, um, with the you know the back talk and the bad talk of other people, that's, that's, that's to be avoided at all costs. And I think everybody could raise their bar just a little bit by not doing that Absolutely. and providing a pos- more positive atmosphere.
1: Well, thank you very much for the kind words, and uh, I'm okay. looking forward to investigating with you more.
5: Absolutely. All right. We'll see you soon. I'll be at the Winchenden House. Awesome. Just looking forward to it. Can't okay. Wait. We'll see you there. All right. Take bye care. Bye-bye.
1: One of our very loyal legend trippers calling in. And now we have to take a real quick break. There is a call on the line. We'll get right to you in just a moment. We do have to take our final break of the program. And if you want to try to squeeze in a call, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Back in just a moment with more here on Spooky South Coast. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg, Matt Costa, and let's make sure we squeeze in this last phone call. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast.
3: Hey, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you? We have about Sorry. two minutes yeah. for, your, for your question. Yeah, I
3: don't know. Yeah, I just uh, I saw, I don't know these uh, shows, uh, Ghost Hunters or whatever,
1: but uh, I saw one. Did you see one with uh, Roddy Piper, The wrestler? It
3: uh, was really interesting. Which one was he on? I don't know. This was a while ago, but he's. Yeah, this woman, the psychic. I don't know if that was the name of the show. It was really interesting about all these dead wrestlers and he was friends with. Me. I don't know. I don't know the name of the show. You can probably find it on YouTube.
1: But I was wondering your thoughts if you would seen it. Well, I know, I, that, know. Uh, I know that he's friends with a friend of ours who is uh, very, uh, very close with a Roddy Piper and uh, she's a paranormal investigator as well, uh, Gremlina from Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. They're close. Um, looking. I, at, oh, it was an episode of The Haunting with Kim Russo, the psychic Kim Russo.
3: Oh, oh, you just looked that up? That was quick. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I know he was out in Portland, Oregon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
3: yeah. It was interesting. Like, it, I kind of, I'm kind of skeptical, but it was. But like some of it made me somewhat believe some of it. Like, I don't know. It, just, it was interesting to see. I hadn't watched wrestling in years, but I remember that when I was a kid. But it seemed like really, I don't know, really like. Oh, he just seemed like a real, like legitimate. I don't know, like
1: sure. Kind
3: of well, felt like he seemed like a gentle kind of like, like guy would actually like felt you know really. And he, he's a dude who's been you know felt all this you know pain and suffering. You
1: know. He's lost plenty of close friends over the years. Uh, of course, his uh, his WrestleMania three opponent, Adrian Adonis no longer with us, uh, Kurt Hennig, no longer with us, so many uh, wrestlers who have passed away that were close to Roddy Piper. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got some, some guiding hands watching over him. And, and he's a guy, too, who is kind of a no BS kind of guy. That's why he's one of my top three wrestlers of all time. He's a what? He's one of my top three wrestlers of all time. He doesn't take any BS from anybody. So, yeah. You know, yeah, I don't
3: know he's done some acting and stuff. Yeah, he was a funny character back in
1: the day. Sure, absolutely. All right, well, thank you so much for the call. All right, take care. Me too. I'm gonna to have to try and watch that episode now. It's on YouTube, so I'll try to watch it for myself because I am a huge Piper fan. I watched him on one of those reality shows where they uh, where they try to um, you know uh, move people to another house, and he was on that, and he was great on that, and all he's right. gonna be on Legends House on the WWE network too. So nice. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for this week's show. We'll be back next week to talk Ouija, and we'll be back at our regular time slot from ten to midnight. Until then, for Matt Costa for Matt Moniz, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular.